I love that. That video was awesome. Um, and that's such a good introduction to what we're talking about today. Uh, raise your hand if you were here last week. Put your hand up in the air. Waving around like you just don't care. Okay, so last week, Justin started us off on the series, Be Part of It. And if you were here last week, you remember, and if you went to your life groups during the week, you heard about it there too. We're talking about what it looks like to be part of it here at church. Uh, Justin shared about communities who spent time together, and we do that through life groups, and communities who led together, and we do that through student leadership. Um, and so we talked all last week about what it looks like to be part of it here in JHM, here at church, and that was awesome. Um, today, I'm going to continue talking to you guys about what it looks like to be part of it in your communities. So we're still talking about this theme, this idea of what it means to be a part of it, but today we're just taking a little different look at that. So we're going to start off with a story from the Bible, best way to start anything. Uh, if you guys could all grab a Bible and open it up to the book of Mark, that's sort of in like the back half of the Bible, um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. So while you guys are getting there, I just want to um, let you know, if you don't know me, my name's Paige. Um, I'm on staff here, and I am so excited to be talking to you guys today. Um, I'm also really excited to be preaching in a onesie. This is like a life goal of mine, um, and I wish, I really wish I could have been like the first person on this stage to preach in a onesie, but I'm pretty sure like Justin already like beat me to that um, many, many times. But anyways, this is my first time preaching in a onesie, so I'm stoked. Um, and you get to tell people that you heard a sermon from Darth Vader this weekend, so no one's going to believe you. Darth Page. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I hope everybody is now has either clicked their way to Mark or has flipped their way to Mark. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading this story. Very first um, verse of Mark in Mark 5, chapter 1. So. Um, the story starts off with Jesus and his disciples. Everyone listen up. Everyone listen up. If you don't listen to what I say, that's okay, but I'm reading God's word, and you've got to listen to God's word because that's like a big deal. Um, all right. So in the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 1, they, being Jesus and his disciples, went across the lake to the region of Gadarenos. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. All right, so that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, this dude, we're going to call him Steve. The Bible didn't give him a name, so I want to call him Steve. So Steve um, is possessed by a demon. And I know that sounds like something crazy out of paranormal, um, because it is crazy and it is freaky, but it's also true. Um, if you have any more questions about that, direct those to Justin Herman. Um, but today, what you need to know about demon possession is it means that Steve is not in control of his own body. It means that there's a demon inside of him that is making all of his decisions for him. Um, so Steve's having a really bad day, basically. Uh, he's crazy. Um, he's worse than crazy. He's demon-possessed. So this demon um, controlling Steve sees Jesus um, and approaches him. And so in verse 6 um, of chapter 5, the demon saw Jesus from a distance and ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. 
For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And the demon said, my name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. So Steve's possessed by multiple demons. It's a really, really bad day for Steve. So multiple demons. Um, And they begged Jesus again and again not to send them out into the area. And there was a large herd of pigs feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us out into the pigs. Allow us to go into them. So Jesus gave the demons permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So the demons don't want to just get sent down into nothing. They want to get sent into the pigs. And Jesus says, all right, sure, whatever. Sends them into the pigs. Pigs go crazy, run into the lake and drown. Demons are gone. So you think this would be a great thing, right? I mean, no one wants a crazy guy named Steve possessed with a demon in their town. So the townspeople should be happy, right? But they're definitely not. They're terrified because all of a sudden there's this guy named Jesus who has the power to tell demons what to do. And that terrifies them. So all the townspeople, instead of being thankful for what Jesus did, they freak out and they ask him to leave. They're like, Jesus, you got to get out of here. We don't know, like, what you are, what you can do. You can talk to demons. You kill all our pigs. We need you to go. And so Jesus obliges. He doesn't want to cause any problems. He doesn't want to, like, cause a ruckus. So he's like, all right, all right, I'll go, I'll go. So he gets in a boat, and he starts to leave. And back in verse 18, we see Jesus is getting on this boat, and the man who had been possessed, Steve, um, comes up to Jesus and begs him please let me come with you. Like you saved my life. You got the demon out of me. Like, let me come and be one of your followers. And this is where it gets really strange. Jesus says, no, I don't want you to come with me. Go back to your hometown and to your people and tell them what the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went back to his hometown and told everyone what Jesus had done. And the people there were amazed. It's kind of strange when you think, why wouldn't Jesus want another follower? Why wouldn't he want another disciple? Steve is so incredibly thankful for what Jesus has done. He would be an amazing follower for Jesus. But Jesus doesn't want him to stay with him. He wants Steve to go back to his hometown, to his community, to his people, to his friends, to his family, and tell them what Jesus has done in his life. Guys, Jesus wants you to do the same thing. We want you so much to be a part of it here at church. We want you to be part of life groups, part of student leadership. We want you to sit with your friends, sit with new kids, play in the games, engage in worship. We want you to be part of it here. But we also want you to be a part of it in your community. Because sometimes, sometimes that's exactly where you need to be. You need to be here, but you also need to be there. Because you are the perfect people to reach your community. No one else can talk to your friends and your family the way you guys can. Steve was the perfect person to go back to his community. He was the best fit for those people there. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that even though he was the son of God and he could do amazing miracles, even if he went back to Steve's hometown, he wouldn't have the same impact that Steve had. So that's why he sent him back. The same is true for all of you. You guys are best suited. You're the best fit to share Jesus in your community. Let me give you an example. So this past week, I went to one of my girls' basketball games. Vicki, where are you at, girl? 
Yeah. Woo. So Vicky and Devin. Is Devin here today? I didn't see her. Maybe Devin's here today. Of course, she's in softball. So um, Devin and Vicky were playing basketball, and they were killing it. They did incredible. Um, so Vicky had just uh, made a shot. It was beautiful. Um, and I started cheering her on. I was like, yeah, Vicky, that's my girl. Taught you everything I know. Because I did, didn't I? I totally didn't. But I was cheering Vicky on. I was like, girl, you did so good. I was like the loudest one in the crowd. Um, and Vicky was wearing these awesome, like, Nike basketball shoes. They got, like, these, like, orange or pink stripes on or something. I don't even know. Um, and I yelled out, hey, Vicky, your shoes are totally on fleek. And uh, I looked down, and I was sitting next to Kayla, another sixth-grade girl, and she just gives me this look like, what did you just say? And I was like, her shoes, they're awesome. They're on fleek, right? That's a thing. And Kayla just shakes her head. And I was like, is on fleek not cool? And she goes, oh, Paige, on fleek was never cool. So, so that, was a, that was kind of a rough moment. Um, but it got, it got better because the other day I heard some girls talking about these, like, two celebrities, and they were like, oh, yeah, we totally – we ship these celebrities. And I was like, what? What? You ship them? Like, you know it's illegal to, like, put people into boxes and, like, tape it up and, like, give them to the postal service and send them somewhere? Like, we don't do that. That's not good. And they had to explain to me, no, 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 no. No, no. You don't, that's not what shipping means. It means you want them to be in a relationship. You want them to date. And I was like, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so then there was one more that I was trying to get the other day, and I just, squad goals. Guys, what, what are squad goals? See, you're cheering, you're cheering, and I have no idea what you're cheering for. Like, if I went into your schools, if I went into your communities and your schools and I tried to like communicate with your friends, I would be like, oh, check out that on fleek squad, I shipped them. And it would be really bad. See? It wouldn't make any sense. And I cannot communicate. And guys, I'm the youngest person on staff um, with JHM. So if I can't figure it out, none of the rest of them can. Trust me. So there is a reason. I just threw them all under the bus. There is a reason that you guys are the ones who need to go into your community. There is a reason that God picked you for this mission of being part of it in your community. Do you guys like spy movies? Raise your hand if you like spy movies. Yes. Yes. I love spy movies. James Bond, Jason Bourne, Ocean's Eleven is sort of a spy movie. Johnny Depp is kind of a spy. I don't know. Um, okay. Spy movies. All right. All right. Everyone listen up. Spy movies. One thing every spy movie has in common, you've got the secret agent. Guys, listen to this. Listen to this. You're going to like this. You're going to like this. Every spy movie has at least one thing in common. There is a secret agent with a mission. Do you guys know that that's how God sees all of you? He sees you guys, even you rowdy ones down here, as secret agents with a mission. He sees you guys as the perfect fit for this job. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just like the soccer team forward, I just play clarinet, I'm just a mathlete, like, I, I don't know, like, I'm not sure I'm perfect for this. No, you are. You are the perfect person for this job. I believe it. Your life group leader believes it. God believes it. You are exactly what your community needs. You are perfect for this mission. But here's the thing. No one can force you to do this. 
No one can force you to be part of it in your community. You're perfect for it, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. But here's why I think you will. Because you've all been in really tough situations before. I know a lot of people think nothing happens to junior hires. A lot of people think nothing even happens to high schoolers. That until an adult, until you become like an adult, your life's easy. But that's not true, and you all know it. Like, you guys go through hard stuff. You guys have really bad days. You guys will have days where you, like, you failed every test you took that day. Or maybe you and your friend haven't spoken in, like, weeks. And they're, like, your best friend, and you haven't talked to them in weeks. Maybe you found out that a family member is really sick, and maybe you found out they're not getting any better. Maybe your mom and dad started fighting, and maybe they haven't stopped. You guys have gone through hard stuff, and you guys have gotten through it with the help of Jesus, because he's always there for you, and he always loves you, and because you guys are a part of this church community, you know that, and you hear that all the time, and you have life group leaders and people who care about you and pouring into you and reminding you that Jesus loves you, and he's there for you on those really, really bad days, and here's why I think you're going to accept the mission to be a part of it in your community, because not all of your friends, not all of your family know that. Not all of them know that Jesus is there for them on their bad days. They don't all have a life group leader reminding them that Jesus loves them no matter what. And so that's what your mission is. If you choose to accept it, your mission is to be a part of it in your communities. And tell your friends, when they come to you and they're like, I can't do it anymore. I don't even want to be in my house. That's how bad it is. You can be there for your friend. You can be there when your friend is just so done with school because they just can't do anything right. You could be there for them, and you could say, you know what? Jesus loves you. I know this feels like the end of the world. I've been there. But it's not because the God of the universe loves you. That is how you guys can be part of it in your community. And I know you want to do it because I know you care about your friends, and I know you care about your family. And that's the best way to show them how much you love them is to share the gift of the love of Jesus Christ. That's how you all can be a part of it in your community. And I'm not going to promise you that it's always easy. I'm not even going to suggest it's always easy because it's oftentimes really hard. Uh, we just read that story from Mark chapter 5. If you just flip over one more chapter to Mark 6, uh, Jesus goes to his hometown. And he does all the same things that he's done in every other hometown. He heals, he teaches, he preaches, he creates fellowship. But for some reason, in his hometown, the place where he grew up, it does not work. They do not like him there. They do not want to hear anything he has to say. And it's strange, because they all know him. They know he's Jesus. They should love him. They should want to hear everything he has to say. But see, that's the problem. They know him. They remember when Jesus was a little kid. They remember when he was just... Oh, the boy from down the street, the carpenter's son. And so they don't really think that Jesus has the authority to say what he's saying. Maybe you guys feel like that with your friends. Maybe you feel like your friends have kind of put you in this box. All you are is, you know, the kid on the volleyball team. Are you, all you are is the kid on the football team. All you are is, you know, the band kid or the math kid or the science kid. That's all you are to them. And so they don't want to listen to what you have to say. Maybe it's even harder. Maybe all they do is they hear you gossip sometimes or they hear you complain about teachers. 
or they hear you super stressed about school. So why would you have the right answers? Why would you have advice to give to them? Because they know you. They've seen you on your bad days. So why would they want to listen to you on your good days? But I guarantee you that the message you could bring them of love from Jesus Christ can overcome whatever box they've put you in. However trapped you feel by the way your friends see you or how you feel you're defined, you are the agent selected for this mission. And that trumps all of it. That's the high card. That's what's going to win is Jesus has picked you to be a part of your community and to be part of it. And that wins. And that message will always get through, no matter how you feel you're trapped, no matter how hard it is. It was hard for Jesus when he went back home. He said that only in his own own hometown is a prophet without honor. Only in your own hometown does a prophet not have honor. But here's the happy ending to that. You guys remember Crazy Steve who got like uncrazied? So Crazy Steve, now normal Steve, went back to his hometown and he told all the people what Jesus had done for him. He told them all. And it worked, guys. It worked really well. Raise your hand if you know the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Who's heard that story before? Yeah, there were 5,000 people. He, like, broke, like, two pieces of bread, and it, like, fed all of them. Yeah, awesome story. Do you guys know? I, like, just found this out last night, and it still just blows my mind. Do you guys know those 5,000 people showed up because of Steve? Like, those 5,000 people are the people from Steve's hometown. So if Steve hadn't have gone um, home, if he had gone with Jesus and followed Jesus, which isn't a bad thing, following Jesus is never bad, but if he hadn't have gone, if he didn't go home and didn't do what Jesus said, go home and tell others, the story of feeding the 5,000 never would have happened. Do you guys know Steve is the first missionary, the first Christian missionary ever, ever? How cool is that? That's what we're trying to imitate, guys. That's what Jesus is calling you to be part of in your communities, to change lives, to share what God has done in your life with others. That's your mission, guys, if you choose to accept it, is to be a part of it in your community. Will you guys pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for all the fun that we've had together and all the fellowship. I thank you for the time of worship and the time uh, to read your word. I pray this week, Father, that you give us all strength and courage um, as we go out into our communities, as we go to school, as we go home to our families, as we interact with everyone around us, Father. Give us the strength. Make us brave. Help us to be part of it in our communities. Help us to break through whatever barriers we feel uh, our friends have put us in and to be those agents with a mission for you to share your love to everyone around us. We just pray that your glory will come, your kingdom will come in our schools and in our families and with our friends. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Everyone sit tight real quick. We're going to go into a time of breakout groups right now. But I just want to let you know, if, if anything that I just said seemed kind of strange to you, maybe you're like the people in the town who have been brought by a friend today. If you have any questions, breakout groups are an awesome time for that. So be sure to ask your leaders any questions you have. Um, so guys, go ahead and go outside. Girls, you sit tight in here. The questions are on the screen.